good morning. Hello. So we are now on episode... 27. 27. 27. So what are we talking about today? Oh, how cold it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, so really, what are we actually <laughs> talking about today? It's Tuesday, so it's top 10 day. Um, and we're covering... Can you tell how cold it is? Because so Kate is just sniffing away <laughs> through this. I have actually put the fire on. We're not living in a cave. Really cold nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. So it's top ten Tuesday. Um, so we're talking about uh, top online ways to make income in twenty twenty one. So yeah, because we it, that's a good one because there's going to be a lot of people at the moment trying to work out how the hell they can bring more cash in because yeah. their business has shrunk or whatever it is. And we did yesterday. Strategies, uh, Marketing Monday tends to be our thing where we do yep. stuff around increasing traffic to your business yep. and sales and stuff like that. But you might be thinking, well, yeah, that's all well and good, but I actually need to start all over again. Or start yeah, something and, new. and also we're, we're going to be talking about money tomorrow. Um, and then mm. on Thursday we have a guest. Yay, uh, second guest. Second guest who is all about um, money and ways of making money. Uh, he makes his money through trading and he has a um, well, more than that. WAP, which is the Wealth Action Plan. Um, yeah, well, he doesn't make his money just through trading. He's expanded into all sorts of businesses that he's yes. been involved in. His and, side money, I mean, as in, and what he teaches other people to yeah. do. Yeah, well, he's got quite an inspiring story, isn't he? Absolutely, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's Siam Kid, and he'll be joining us on Thursday for in a podcast. In his onesie. In his onesie. Looking forward to that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I thought this, this would kind of lead in... Um, leading well to, to that and obviously we're coming up to kind of 2021 um, but it's an important distinction to, to make that there's loads of side hustles out there and mm. there's loads of ways that you can kind of make um, not, a, not a quick buck because it still it still needs some effort but um, but you know things like uh, points and like online surveys and data entry and all of that oh, kind of stuff where well, you can yeah. make a little bit but that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about because that's just swapping time for money yeah that, that's yeah. not like an online business but at the same time there's no such thing as passive income either lots of people advocate this like oh you know build this and then it just runs there's no I think that's a myth you know there's um residual income that comes to you every month when you're not actually working, so you're not swapping that time for money. Yeah, like it's you're not still having an effort to... to get that set up in the yeah, first place. Yeah, it's like I go back to the hairdresser analogy that I've used in previous episodes, yeah. where you, if you're a business owner and you're a hairdresser, there's you literally have to be standing there cutting someone's hair. Yeah. There and then the evolving from that process is that you get somebody else to cut the hair. Yeah, exactly. And, and you manage the business. That doesn't mean that you can then just go and sit on a beach. No. And I think that's a that's a really important point about. Um, online businesses is I remember for years seeing like there was this ad that I kept getting retargeted for um, where this guy was literally sat on a beach mm -hmm. and he was like build this buy my course spend like like three grand or five grand or buy my my latest course and you could be sat here on the beach while all this money just rolls in mm -hmm. in the background and I was like it's a very... But just doing that video is him working. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. If, if, if what he actually says is true, he would just be doing that, mm. right? Um, so it's... And there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of tricksters out there. Yeah. That paint, paint success in one very specific avenue and then present it as, oh, this is the whole thing. Yeah. Like, and 
Um, yeah, so kind of, I suppose a bit of this episode isn't just identifying top 10, but it's also just kind of giving examples about, well, you should, don't just take that as this. Yeah. It's, it actually means something else. And yeah, uh, yeah so hopefully it'll be somehow. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, um, it's kind of our top 10 as to what I think are the most viable um, for this coming year. Um, but also kind of the factors I was considering is um, that you don't need a load of money to get them started. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need, some of them you do, but you don't necessarily need um, a load of um, you know, qualifications and experience to get these things started. And, and they can be started on the site. So if you are still... Um, if you if you've got a job or if you are still managing your business, but it's but you just as you said you need some extra cash, it is something that can. Well, you just got a busy life, right? You yeah. might be a full time mum. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like you, as a family, you've all got to step up and bring some cash in, and you can't just say, "Oh, kids, you can't have your dinner tonight because I'm yeah. working." You know, so so these the idea of a side hustle doesn't necessarily have to be because you've got some big career and you want to try and build a business in the background it can yeah. just simply be you have a busy life yeah, yeah. and you need Absolutely. to be able to do it building some kind of asset a mm -hmm. business asset in the background that doesn't require you to be sat in a specific place at a specific time each day yeah and but it's important to remember that it all takes time the one thing that you will have to give no matter what the the avenue you go down is it will require commitment and time yeah and, and there's no guarantees, and it's a long time before you actually start seeing a, a fair reward for your investment yeah. in time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, the bigger reward, the more patient you need to be, really. Yeah. That, as I say, if you, if you want to do something like taking surveys or whatever, you will get paid there and then for, for doing that. But that's, that's all you can make. Yeah. Whereas if you're, if you're wanting to make something where the... The, you know the, the sky's the limit and there's a lot more potential then you need to kind of dig the well and put in more work at the, at the beginning and by the way if you're listening to this podcast right now or in fact if you're watching the podcast on youtube um if you can hear some random crackling in the background that's because <laughs> kate's freezing cold <laughs> and i've put the fire on really high so yeah if you're wondering what on earth that background noise is it's, well, our... it's christmas it's cozy yeah i guess yeah i guess so yes so go on then so where do we start Number 10 um, is affiliates. So being, being an affiliate person, salesperson. Right. Um, now, uh, an affiliate link is um, just a, a unique link from a product or a service um, or even like a person that you're... It's just a website link. Yeah, um, that you're recommending um, and that link has got cookies in it. So the people that sell the service or the product um, can recognize that it came from you um, and therefore reward you for that service with a commission. Yeah. Um, so they massively vary. You know, we, For example, we use affiliate links on our um, Smiling Entrepreneurs website. So yeah. if you, uh, with Amazon, for example. So if you to buy a book um, that we might have talked about on the podcast or an audio book, um, then we'll get a tiny, percentage of that sale um, and it, just this is an important piece here right um just to, as a caveat for when we talk about things like affiliate links or anything like that we are currently in our podcast we are not well in fact forever we we only choose products because we happen to like or oh, have yeah, a relationship with yeah. them we are not we're not asked by those products to do that but as a business owner you'd be crazy <laughs> Not yeah. to optimize, like if, if you mention something in yeah. your business or do something in your business, 
you can link to something or you can link to, or you or use pretty much the same link but also that gives you a kickback yeah absolutely. why wouldn't you but yeah. with affiliate links um as well i would always advocate that you are a fan of the product oh, anyway yeah. because um as we've spoken spoken about in other podcasts it's about authenticity yeah. and it, it will show, it will shine through if you're not really a fan of the thing that you're trying to sell. Well, and also you just get, you, you'll just be persuaded in all sorts of different directions yeah, just based a, on the yeah. monetary value of something, which basically means that your identity and your, your whether it's a website that you're using affiliate links or blogs or, or video or whatever it is, will just be constantly transformed from one thing to yeah, the next. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you can, you can use your affiliate link um, in all sorts of ways. So as you just mentioned slightly then, um, you know, you can have a website with the links on it. You can put it in your social pages. Yeah. Um, you can put it on YouTube. You can have um, a blog. Uh, there's all sorts of things that, that you can use these links on. So it yeah. doesn't have to be like one source. Um, but as well as being a fan of whatever product or service you're selling, I would suggest a niche is better. Right. So, for example, say um, you're very much into horses, yeah. Right. So you already know a lot about horses just from being into it, yeah. Yeah. So you um, you can talk at length about exactly horses. Yeah, okay. exactly. You're probably in a few Facebook groups. Yeah. Um, you already have a community of other riders. Yeah. So it you're you're already in that world where you're knowledgeable about about it, but you also have an audience. Yeah. people that are going to be interested mm-hmm. um so that that's the key with affiliates is to find something that you're already passionate about or experienced in or interested in so that you've already got that kind of baseline knowledge yeah because because and you're probably about to cover this so i might be jumping the gun here but the reason why that's so important is if you look at any of our previous episodes one of the things that we've talked about one consistent thing that's gone through most of our episodes is the ability for you to show up every day, show up every week to do the task in hand, right? So if you've got one affiliate link, say that's to do with horses, for example, then your strategy must be, right, okay, how do I get that horses affiliate link thing, this horses product affiliate link in front of the right people for the rest of the year? Because it's not, it's not with affiliate links or any, any business, it's never a case of, okay, you create this thing put it out there and then forget about it and it will just keep bringing you in money. Right. The whole reason why affiliate links exist in the first place is because the person, the individual or the company that created the product who then said, oh, we should have an affiliate link for that, basically realized that they can't get it out to everybody. So mm-hmm. they're basically recruiting you to sell it on their behalf. Yeah. They're, they're trying to tap into your marketing and sales skills. Yeah. So if you're not confident in yeah, exactly. marketing and sales, yeah. then you're going to have a problem with using affiliate links, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it, it, the the reason it's a it's a good kind of startup business or a side business is because you don't need to invest in any products or services. No. Um, if you do want to put up a website, it's very easy to put up a, a just a free blog site um, yeah. using WordPress um, or using. Uh, you know, Wix or anything yeah. like that. Well, yeah, Wix is like a template-based yep. thing where you just drop and drag, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So, so they're, they're very, um, it's very easy to kind of get started. And if you don't want that, just just kind of um, adopt like a micro-blogging um, aspect, which is when you see people posting on Facebook, but, they've, but they're posting kind of quite long yeah. text where they're telling a story. 
that's them blogging really yeah. like just without having a website to yeah. use um so how do you find affiliates so um there's kind of two main ways that you would look for your affiliate links um if you go if i go back to the horsing analogy okay because um, you love horses yeah i know i, I don't know why i chose horses <laughs> i'm so not into horses um but <laughs> if you go back into that then uh products that you already use look right. to see if they've got an affiliate so yeah. if you yeah. use and i'm really making this up now because i don't know anything about horses <laughs> but if you use a certain brush to, to brush the, the horse's mane or you like you're so out your debt <laughs> like particular boots or whatever it is right. look to see if they've already got an affiliate program because yeah. you're you know you are obviously already a fan of that product because you you bought it in the first place so that's yeah. that's one way you, you can go with it the other way is there are loads of websites that just list affiliates and yeah. there's a brilliant blog that i will post on um the smiling entrepreneurs uh, website page which is by hubspot and they've got 43 of the best affiliate websites all, oh, really? all in this blog Okay. So you can just have a look through those and then just, you know, look for your niche and just see any products that kind of jump yeah, out. Yeah, and you, you definitely should be approaching affiliates as, uh, like, it's not the thing, it's not, affiliate links is not the thing you're known for. No, not right? at all, no. It's, the, whatever the thing is that you're known for, again, going back to your horses thing, you need to, <laughs> I was a cat joined this, right? Um, you you need to be known as a horse horsey person and yeah. everything you do all your content everything you put out your facebook page or whatever it might be it's all about horses 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 and oh and by the way this is where and if there's anything that i've mentioned here that you're interested in the yeah. links are below and yeah. then you go and then people will follow yeah but that's the weird i think that's the mistake some people make when they go into the because there's a lot of videos on YouTube and so on about how to make, I make X amount of thousands per month on affiliates. Yeah. And and it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking, ah, oh, I just become an affiliate yeah. salesperson. It's like, no, 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 that's that's not what they're doing. They're, they're identified as a thing. And then the affiliates is just some kind of sub yeah. thing that they took from the consumer level. Yeah, and right? if you are wanting to do multiple things, if you've got multiple interests or, you know, you really want to make affiliates your full time, then set up separate websites. Yeah. Um so or or separate spaces that you can talk about this this is your kind of horse products, this is if you're into skiing, this is your skiing, yeah. you know, all different things so that you so you don't lose your audience or confuse them. So you're very much creating a niche site yeah. for the for a niche audience. Um, and then you can build on those products within that niche. Another reason it works so well as a as a side business is because if you if you're already um self-employed or a freelancer, so for example like um a personal trainer. Yeah. You, you can have a whole sideline of products that you recommend to your clients. Yeah. Again, things that you genuinely believe in, not just, yeah. oh, I'll sell them a quick buck because I can make some money here. Um, but, you know, you, you can build all that into what you're already doing. So it just boosts your income. Yeah, well, the great thing about it is you don't have to worry about stock. You don't have to worry about delivery. No. You don't have to worry about any of these. And some affiliates will give you some big percentages yeah. in returns, right? You can get uh, like 40, 50% in some cases. Which is huge, right? So if you've got a product or service which um, that you just love using, I mean, software is a very good affiliate uh, type thing because there's no, because they can give you huge margins because they don't necessarily, there's no overhead in them giving the software And a lot out. of them are residual, monthly. Yeah, exactly. It's not they just can... a one-off payment, they'll, they'll keep paying you monthly. Exactly. So as, a, as an individual, you don't have any concerns around um, like stock or delivery, customer service, 
any of that stuff. You can just, but you get 40, you potentially up to 40%, 50% yeah. of the revenue generated from that. And so, it's a great way to hone your marketing skills as yeah. well. Um, because that's, as you just said, you don't need to worry about any of the rest. So, so you can really focus on the marketing message yeah. and really kind of learn your craft and build um, ways of doing marketing, which can lead to other things. Yeah. You know, you, you... And don't, don't be listening or watching this and thinking, oh yeah, okay, that sounds all really nice, but... I need tens of thousands of people in my tribe or that are following me before I'd ever make any money on this kind of stuff. The reality is you don't need that at all. You only need, what was that? Who is it that said, if you had a thousand fans, I, I know that would change your life. That would like, yeah. If you could create a niche for yourself where you had a thousand genuine people that liked, like love what you did, yeah. love the content you did, and you just have 1000 of those, then you're done. Yeah. Like the, everything's done because, and the problem is we're so bought into the idea of having ten th tens of thousands of followers or millions of followers and think our oh, success only comes when I have that. Yeah. That's nonsense because in nearly every case that you ever see where they have these huge audiences, um, like 99.9% .9 of that audience is not engaged with them at all. No. And in a lot of cases, the way the audience has been created is a little bit dodgy mm. it's not it's they're not engaged audience members mm. so um so don't think to yourself oh this affiliates is a is a no uh, is a no-go i'd have to have a massive audience you don't yeah. Um, yeah to to make revenue and the beauty is with things like blogs and videos more than things like facebook uh, uh, posts and things like that blogs and videos and things like that they're evergreen mm -hmm. if you're if you're talking about a project or if you're talking about horses you've done a video or a blog about horses and there's an affiliate link in that then once you've posted it that that will be brought to people's attention every day for years yeah and keep paying you free as long as yeah. the affiliate link is still live yeah yeah we'll just keep paying you. yeah exactly okay so that's affiliates <laughs> um the next one is uh teaching mm -hmm. so there's the the world was already very much obviously online um, before 2020 here. And then... Um, <laughs> Cats joined us again. So. When, um, when 2020 hit uh, and... Sorry, when coronavirus hit in March of 2020, um, obviously mm. a lot of people had to homeschool yeah. for the first time. Um, and um, colleges, universities, schools, primary schools, everybody suddenly had to pivot to, to being online. Yeah. Um, which is woken the world up to the possibilities of all this learning that you can do online yeah. there was although there was already a lot of online learning it was it was more in the kind of business space more for people like us that would do online courses or whatever yeah, it wasn't yeah. really in the kind of traditional education space well and it was also coaches teaching coaches a lot of the time yeah. there's a lot of that stuff right yeah. online coaches buying courses to teach other online coaches yeah. and it's a very lucrative industry but yeah the everyday person wasn't generally yeah exactly using it. so um but now and um, there's been just this whole world opened up for people and i think um some uh, i think in the states some schools and colleges are still doing online learning in in particular states um depending how they're handling the coronavirus so um if you're if you have a skill of any kind that can be applied to teaching yeah um you know that there's so many opportunities out there at the moment for that and you and one even as simple as if english is your native language whether it's american oh, yeah english, i forgot about this yeah, yeah um, english english 
or Australian English, but if, if English is your native language, there are so many opportunities to teach English online. Yeah, um, and, and you don't have to be very sophisticated. No. Uh, the, my grasp of the English language is not that strong, <laughs> but um, but we, we actually looked at this uh, a few years ago, didn't we? We, we looked at it while we were traveling yeah. um, as, a, as a kind of source of extra income, but it's um, there's different levels. So right. some... Um, some uh, platforms out there uh, w that require you to teach um, Chinese businessmen, for example, is, yeah. is one. They do require you to have a degree of some kind and a TEFL, which is a teach English as a foreign language qualification. Right. Um, but but you can you can get that qualification online anyway. I think it's anywhere between five hundred and a thousand pounds to right. to do that that course. So that's it's not prohibitive it's something that you can do um but on the other end of the scale is um what was it called Cambly is that was that the word Cambly? I, I feel like it is called Cambly yeah, yeah I, would that... do, I will double check that and put it on the website but that is just a conversation based and you can literally yeah. get paid per hour to just sit and chat with people that want to practice their English yeah and you just basically state the hours you're available in a day so yeah. you might say okay look the best times for me is early in the morning, like before anybody's, like before the day kicks off, I can do, I don't know, six till eight every day. Yeah. And from my living room without any problems, right? So that you would literally book a slot with those. And then what they do is they go to their client base and say, right, okay, we have, I don't know, Sarah is available in England for a conversation. And they will all book slots with you for that two hours. Yeah. And you're literally just having a conversation mm -hmm. with these people in English and they're just trying to get to grips with understanding English yeah. in a conversational safe environment. And that service will just pay you an hourly rate. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure there's probably the opposite for, for foreign languages. I don't, I don't yeah, know probably. if that is, but I'm, I'm sure there is. So um, so that's that's just one very simple way that you can use your obviously very existing skills you speak English yeah um, to earn money but if you if you have any kind of specialism taking that online at the moment um, is is a very easy way uh, to expand your client base and to it, it obviously earn an income and um, I mean we've spoken about it a couple of times on other podcasts my mum's a music teacher yeah. who I never thought in a million years would go on zoom well, she's um, um she's in her 70s mm. so the concept of and she's a very traditional music teacher yeah. it's like the the idea of her using an online platform to teach yeah. students would up till this year well i think i had suggested it in the past to her um mm. you know especially like creating a course or something like that so that she could reach more people because she's very good at what she does um, and she was always, oh, no, 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 it's not for me. But of yeah. course she had to, which is what so many people have had to do. Um, and now she can reach people all over the place. Um, well, it's the added benefit of that type of teaching. If you can switch to an online type teaching is that you, you're so much more efficient with your time. Mm -hmm. You can go student, 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 back to back without, mm -hmm. with minimal uh, challenges, breaks or anything. Because whereas if you imagine... Because my mother is a fitness instructor, yeah. so it's um, her. Like, she'd be driving to classes. Yeah. She'd be doing having to physically be there. So obviously, yeah. moving that onto online made a lot of sense. Uh, and when you can do one to many as well, so not necessarily with music, because um, that's that's a, a bit more. But you of could a with the fitness one. side. With fitness side, with lots of things, you can you can teach a class rather than just yeah. one person something. Yeah. So. Uh, immediately you're obviously upping your hourly rate because you've got more people paying you for, for that yeah. service. And it doesn't have to be, you might be thinking, oh, okay, well, I don't know how to play a musical instrument or I don't, 
I'm, I'm not good enough to be able to teach somebody music instrument or whatever it might be. But it might be that you have some very specific interest that you yourself are an expert in, you or not even a, that you're passionate about. You don't have to be like certificated, identified as an expert. It could be just a topic that you're very passionate about. So for example, we know somebody in business who is really passionate about the whole 3D printing space. Yeah. And um, he literally, and, and how to create engineer um, businesses out of doing, th- making 3D printing stuff. Yeah. And so he'll teach people how to do that online. Well, and that's, another, that's another business model with the teaching side is memberships, because he does yeah. a membership site, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, so he, he shares his knowledge with a group of people. Exactly. And so, you, so he, he's not certificated. He didn't go to college or get a, or a university, rather, or, or whatever, to say, right, okay, I can now, I'm qualified to do this. He's just very passionate about the subject. Mm-hmm has more knowledge than the next person that has about it and is, is willing to share it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, that he's got a pretty big audience of people mm-hmm. that are willing to show up and learn. Well, he's actually built certific- certifications into, into what he it, does, yeah. so he can offer certifications. Yeah, because he's passionate about yeah. it and because it's a subject he's genuinely interested yeah. in. Well, but, there was a one I was listening to the other night because this, this, um, this is another way of teaching, is creating courses from, um, from your knowledge. If you're not... If it's not something that you is suitable to actually teaching live, as it were, yeah. on a on a one to one or one to many, um, then you can package your knowledge up as as a course. And as you say, it can be anything. There was somebody I was listening to the other day, um, who makes his income from painting car parks stripes. You know, making, oh, making yeah, the car yeah, yeah. Park, outside, painting yeah. the car park spaces, and and he's made a lot of money yearly from just painting car park spaces right so people wanted to know well, well how do you do that how do you yeah, get started yeah. what what machine do i buy what paint do i use where how, where do i get my clients and so yeah. he's created um what well, his is actually a book but he's created a, a a way of teaching people how to do what he does yeah so it could be anything it could be like um for the retirement market at the moment as well because um you know, obviously the retirement market always there but everyone's looking for something to do because we've mm-hmm. all been locked down so teach people that are retired you know um gardening how to improve their gardens or um growing vegetables or yeah. all sorts of things if, if there's a hobby i don't know if you want to get better at chess yeah. there'll be a chess master out there people yeah. will pay for knowledge of how to do something yeah and also don't be thinking like if you listen to this and you're thinking okay i I definitely feel like i'm great at this right whatever that this is or my friends often come to me to ask me advice on this particular topic because i happen to know more about this than they do right and then you might be going okay well that i can see myself doing that and then you go online and it's like oh jeez there's lots of people already online doing this. It doesn't matter mm. because the um, one, just have an abundant state in your mind. Like there's there's enough for everybody out there, including you. There's a there's there's seven blooming billion people on the planet, right? So so don't think oh because there's already audiences created and people out there doing it already. You shouldn't. But the other thing is. There's an audience out there that will identify with you, yeah. like you personally, your way of delivering, your mm-hmm. your personality, your enthusiasm over somebody else. Yeah, it's very easy to fall into a trap of thinking, oh, they do it really well, and maybe I shouldn't because it doesn't matter. Yeah, you'll resonate with a group, yeah. and and they'll want to hear it from you rather than some other. And is it? She uh, just made me think of something. There is literally a group for everything. I I found. 
I have no idea how I found Uh-oh. it. It was just some random video that popped up. I don't okay. even know what I was on, what platform I was on. But it was um, hard metal, um, as in like heavy metal, that's the word I'm looking for, knitting. It was a heavy metal knitting concert. Concert? Yeah, and there was these people on stage knitting to heavy metal music and people watching them. Really? (laughs) And there was people in the audience? Yeah. There was actually people in the audience? It was the first ever heavy metal knitting. Concert. How how is it the only one? Ever? The first ever one. <laughs> it was, I was That's just, insane. Exactly. So there is literally a group of people for everything. So. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You should have seen it. <laughs> well, the fact that you watched it. Well, was, how many minutes I, did you watch? I don't know, but I was fascinated. Because, <laughs> is this real? That's the thing, right? That's what they've created. They, people don't think they're going to be interested. Then they watch it. And they're like they're fascinated. But yeah, so you're right. It's there's be authentic be you and deliver it in your way whatever it is and treat it like you're talking to a friend that's how we approach this podcast like we're talking to you on this podcast and if you're watching on youtube this is the same conversations we have with our friends you know it's be authentically you and teach your thing whatever it might be yeah so um there's loads of online tuition um platforms out there um i'll a couple on the group but i'm not going to list them all you just I, I just need to google it really but there's there's tons of platforms that you can join as a teacher of a certain skill tuition is a, is a really good one as well if you if, you know if you do have traditional um teaching uh, expertise and qualifications like math english except well that's we've already spoken about english but sciences or whatever yeah uh, providing extra tuition to children virtually uh, or to college students um online is another is another big well thing. how many people out so, there do a degree mm. right and then go off and do a job that's nothing to do with their yeah, degree right them. but so maybe if you're one of those people listening and watching this and going yeah i've never used my degree for anything so well maybe this is your opportunity yeah, right you've got exactly, yeah. you've already demonstrated you know what the shortcuts are about the learning of that and, and everything else. Maybe that's your route, yeah. you know, to start talking about that as your topic if you're yeah. scratching your head. So there's lots of tuition. And then for courses, there's things um, that make it, because, you, you know, you may have just listened to us just now and thought, well, I don't know how to package a course together. Mm. Um, there's there's platforms such as Teachable and, uh, what's the other one? Thinkific, mm. um, where you will build, help you build it for you. You know, you just... you create your content uh, on something like PowerPoint or something like yeah. that. You create your slides and then you just load them into the system in modules yeah. and it will kind of drip feed these modules to your customers. You you know, you set your prices and everything. Yeah. And it, it, Kajabi does, it does the for. same type of thing. Or is that just basically, that's uh, a course hosting website, more, isn't it? It is, but it's more of a membership platform, I think. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Kajabi. But yeah, if you, if you want to build a membership site, Kajabi is another good one. Um, and then there's obviously... Um, I never know if it's Udemy or, or it is, it is Udemy. Udemy, yeah. If somebody said it to me differently the other day, like, Udemy. oh, Udemy. Uh, yeah, Udemy. And I was Udemy? Like, it's Udemy. No, it's Udemy. Anyway. <laughs> but it, I, well, we've only ever said it to each other. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it might be Udemy. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> U-D-E-M-E-Y. I'm completely confused now. But yeah, you let's just call it Udemy and then put okay. the link up. That's the safest bet. Um, is, but that's awesome. Is another... Uh, great platform um well the, 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 the great thing about things like udemy is you can create your content on something right so using teachable or whatever yeah. it might be so which just take you through the steps so you basically write your content on a word document or whatever it is and then 
upload it onto something like Teachable yeah. or whatever it is, and then you would set yourself up on uh, Udemy. Yeah. And the the thing with the sites like Udemy is what they have is they have millions of people going to their site who are looking for things to learn. Yeah. And so you can have your course that you've created on Teachable or whatever it is registered on the Udemy site. And and when anybody searches, I don't know, I want to know how to play a xylophone, it's, um, I don't know why I said but it's like your course will come up and you'll benefit from that traffic. Yeah. And, and it, they'll buy your course through Udemy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, Udemy is not uh, great in terms of... Uh, prices like a lot of the the courses are low price but, but they do traffic. have their own traffic you don't have well, to generate the traffic to to get to your course well and the other really cool thing is um udemy has this process so it, and so there are people out there that all they do for a living is just build courses on all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. um even if they're not an expert on it they'll go and do some research on a particular subject because they know that there's demand for that topic yeah and the great thing about um, Udemy is that you, there's a search um, function within Udemy, Udemy which tells you what the most popular courses are, yeah. but not just what the most popular courses are, but what you should expect to make in revenue per week and per month or per year or whatever, yeah. if you had a course on that, what the average money making is on that. Yeah. So you can literally just say, even if you've got no idea right now about Oh, well, I, I, there's nothing I'm really an expert on right now. You could go to the Udemy site, see what the most popular is, choose a couple of topics that you have some affinity to or might have a mild interest on, go off, do a load of research on that topic, build some content around that topic, load it into Teachable, mm-hmm. and then publish it on Udemy. No, uh, you, you load it into Udemy as well. Teachable's the same as Udemy, it's just Teachable you have to send your own traffic to. Oh, I see, so... Udemy, you can do the same thing, you can just load it straight Okay, in. but either way, you're... So, and there are people that do that, all, like, just for a living. They have yeah. hundreds of courses where they're just constantly watching what's popular at the moment, and then going off doing the research, and you can think of it almost like journalism. They're going off doing the research, journalism, and that topic, packaging it in a really easy to digest learning format and then publishing it yeah. on places like Udemy yeah. um, and making money out of it. And don't get me wrong, you won't, like one course is not going to make you millions of pounds like in the course of 12 months. But if you think if you had 10 courses, 20 courses, 30 courses, whatever it is, and it will bring in a few hundred or whatever it is, that's, that's soon becomes life-changing money. But again, right? it's evergreen again. Yes. Um, so once it's there, it just stays there. Um, yeah. You know, it's you don't have to do a huge amount to keep promoting that course. The work is in the upfront part yeah. when you're doing a, a course. Yeah, once the content's written, yeah. it's done. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So so that's teaching. Um, writing is the third one. Uh, so obviously a lot of people, and this isn't something I'm going to cover on here because it, it's just too complicated, but it's a bit of a minefield with all the different strategies as to how to use Is it an episode in itself? Yeah, exactly, which is blogging. Um, oh, yeah. but, so blogging is for writers is definitely a way uh, to obviously write and make money. You can have your affiliate sales on there. You can have sponsored posts. There's all sorts of ways. But the reason it, I'm not going to go into it here is because there are so many strategies for making your blog better than everybody else's and getting it seen. And because there's something like 400 million blogs out there really? now, it's it, it's massive. Yeah. So to try and get traffic to your blog is quite complicated. Well, 
they call it blogs, but it's effectively just website optimization, exactly. right? Yeah. You're yeah. just creating content on a website and hoping that Google picks it up and yeah. throws it out to the world. Yeah. And yeah, that's a huge challenge. Exactly. Itself, so, so uh, it might be something that we come back to in, a, in another podcast, but it, I'm not going to cover blogging as one of these. But within writing, obviously, you can you can have your own blog. But in addition, um, you can ghostwrite for other people. Mm. Uh, so that is um, writing material for websites, writing books, um, writing speeches, all sorts of things that you can you can ghostwrite. Um, technical writing as well. So um, websites often need technical writers to write up all your terms and conditions, privacy policies, yeah. all of these kind of things that are very kind of text heavy need to be written by somebody. Yeah. Um, copywriting, that's a huge one. If you can write copy for people, especially sales copy, if you've yeah. got a way with words um, and know kind of like the persuasive way that you need to write sales copy, that, that can be brilliant. Well, we've employed uh, uh, people and have friends yeah. also that do do exactly that they will oh, yeah, literally get guns for hire in the copyright yeah because even even if if you're quite if you're good good with words and you, you can <laughs> do all this stuff yourself a lot of the time you're too close to your product absolutely and that's what we found with um say it because we've had a few people or lots of people say to us i don't quite get it and we're like how can you not get it? It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. <laughs> but but we're, we're not explaining it well enough because yeah. we're too close to it. Yeah. So getting an outside copywriter to come in and, and do that is is really valuable. Well, and a lot of companies understand that, right? Yeah. So a lot of companies out there are... They're, they're, copywriting is something that they understand like for blogs or for the website or for Facebook posts or whatever it might be, marketing material. They they understand that that's something they have to invest in, and so once you're in with a company, um, and there's lots of ways that you can advertise your services as a copywriter, um, but yeah, the the reality is you'll be on, in a lot of cases you end up on some kind of retainer. Yes. Where yeah. it's like, okay, can you make sure that I have five blogs, or at least a month um, or whatever it might be. Even not not a retainer, but at least loyalty. They tend to go back to keep the coming back. Yeah, you've done a good job the first time. Exactly, and you only need a small number of clients for that then to start becoming quite an interesting revenue yeah. generator for you, right? Yeah, newsletter copy, emails. There's, yeah. there's so much that needs to be written. Yeah, um, that that copywriting is not going away anytime soon. No, and that's another similar attribute to journalism. Yeah, because we, the copywriters that we all know are not tied to they're very they're agnostic in their um like kind of uh ideas or like their uh topics there's mm -hmm. no they're, they're not like a copywriter specifically about going back to your horses thing yeah they will literally write about anything yeah. they just literally get told i need something on this and they'll go off and do the research put it all together and then send it back well journalism is another one um because i i often because I was looking at that as a career when I was in my teens and it was very much back then, you know, you kind of worked for a newspaper, but that's not the way now is most mm -hmm. journalists are freelance. Yeah. Um, so they're obviously kind of writing for whatever kind of comes yeah, up at the time. Yeah, multiple publications, yeah. Um, and transcription services as well. So um, yesterday we talked about uh, video and how... Is this one on itself is. or is this... No, 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 this, is? this is all part of writing. Oh, okay, so... Um, I'll be moving on to video in a minute, but just transcribing people's videos so mm. that Google um, and audio like this, um, audio books, um, so that they can um, increase, uh, sorry, rise in the in the algorithm yeah. because you've got the written text uh, for the kind of ro robots to crawl is is a really big thing as well. So yeah. um, transcribing services is, is something that you can do if you're a writer. Yeah, and if you're wondering, oh, yeah, that's all well and good, but 
none of my friends and family would hire me for doing that. So what's the point? I don't know anybody right now. You don't need to. There's there's platforms like Upwork yeah. um, or People Per Hour where you can literally just register your services, like your what you do on those platforms, and they will li- they will show you to anybody that needs it on the planet. So well, they're they're independent freelancer ones, but there is there's hundreds of writing specific ones as oh, well really? yeah if, that you can find if you you know you google just things like i want to be a writer or how do i start in writing you'll do, you'll get given pages yeah. of them so you that that's a great thing about those types of niches if it's if it's something that you're interested in doing um you don't have to worry about the marketing of it very heavily you don't have no. to worry about any of that you just need to just get yourself kind of published yeah. on these platforms and then they'll, and and they'll give you the work yeah so yeah um, the next one is video. Um, obviously, we spent the whole podcast yesterday talking about the importance of video and how video is just exploding. Mm. Um, I saw a, sta- a stat today, actually, that because um, you were talking about the inbound conference and you said something like um, they expected a, a big percentage of traffic to be video, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, it was like 80% of all um, commerce will be consumer, pur- consumer purchasing or whatever will go yeah. through... Uh, video. Yeah, well, the stat I saw this morning was by 2022, right. which is only, you know, year and a month away or right. year and less than a month away, um, 85% of traffic online, not consumer purchases, but traffic will be video sourced. Jesus. So that's like... So basically, massive. YouTube's going to overtake yeah. the normal, like, Google well, search Well, not just YouTube, stuff. but all the, you know, Reels, TikTok, yeah. all the video-based stuff. Yeah, if you're not into video, you're nuts right now. But it's a really um, great time for anybody that's interested in video, not from their own point of view in terms of putting something out, but they just it's just something that they're interested in or good at. So creating animations, um, creating like effects, uh, editing, um, you know, graphics. um, Yeah, oh, if you've got some kind of editing experience, whether that's just because you're naturally, you've got an affinity to it or you were taught it at some point, like again, using those platforms yeah. that we talk about and putting yourself up as a video editor and then putting some of your work up, that's a really valuable Absolutely. Uh, resource. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really. Um, it'll be in high demand. Well, it is in high demand already and it'll just continue to grow. Yeah, Because um, people just don't have the time. I mean, we talked no. a lot yesterday about how you can... Bob the flight back yeah. again. <laughs> um, we talk a lot about how it is easy to do, but still... You've got to want to do it. Yeah, Some absolutely. people just don't have the time, do you? It, the, the time and um, and the know-how, not just in terms of editing, but um, this is one of the reasons we developed Say It, is like video files are so difficult yeah, to handle because yeah. they're so big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to convert and you have to do this, that and the other, and it, it's complicated. So it's, um, uh, which as I say, is, is why we kind of took, try to take their, their headaches out of it for Say It. But yeah. if you can provide that service for people, that's that's a really valuable service. Cool. So um, another one um, on a similar line is coding. Hang on, are we, is this a number? Yep, so this is five. This is uh, number five? Nope, ten, nine, eight, seven, that's what, six. Six, that's what I was thinking. You, <laughs> not you, you weren't numbers. saying numbers. Right, so we're on now number six. Number six, sorry, I'm rushing. Um, so coding, I, I know zip about coding. Oh, yes. Um, but when I, I did some research for, because we created, well, I created an online income course um, a few months back. Um, and when I was kind of researching various different um, platforms for on creating an online income, um, I, I did a lot of work on kind of freelancer sites and, right. and I did some research as to, you know, what are the highest paid freelancer roles, that kind of thing. 
And there was all stuff on there that I genuinely had never heard of. Right. I didn't. I, it was like they were speaking another language. I was like, what is th- yeah? So like, what is this stuff? And it was all to do with coding right. um, and how in demand uh, various types. I'm not going to pretend to understand it because I genuinely don't. But various types of coding and platform right. and um, you know your knowledge whether you're you're doing front end. Um, development stuff or back-end development stuff so I think that's UI or UX well we had an experience recently so obviously we've had to get heavily involved in coding because we built the say it platform from scratch yeah we we own the software for that we built it from the ground up and um, you I remember you were sat on on that sofa and you were on a call with uh, the uh, one of our tech guys and well, this was only a week or so ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he was back and forth with the other tech person, <laughs> and they were talking, and Kate sat there writing notes about what they were saying. And it's the most ridiculous, <laughs> like, when you hear them talk, it, none of it makes... No, it's like the, the rabbit of the... The rabbit had the elbow, if you connect that to the... The, the, the bucket and the, yeah. and the gibbity-gob. Yeah. And you were trying to get my attention something, and I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm really concentrating. Yeah, and so if you're somebody who's got any experience with, with coding or understands that language, don't underestimate how intimidating and how unattractive yeah. that world seems to anybody that doesn't have an understanding. Like, yeah. The, the, we will pay, anybody will pay good money to have that pain just solved for them. Yeah, I'm going back to the teaching as well. If you if you can teach coding, oh, gosh, that yeah. is a hugely valuable valuable skill for the, the generation coming through. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. To be able to teach that to kind of um, teens and college students yeah. is massive at the moment. Yeah, yeah really, really big. So any anything in the coding world um, is a really, really valuable skill. Yeah, and creating, when you, we talk about teaching, obviously you can teach on a Zoom or whatever it is, but I would say that the, the most sensible route would be to build courses, yeah. as you talked about, get them on the platform. So then you're not having to trade your time for money. You put your yeah. time you put your time in, in creating the content and then put it out there. Yeah. Let, let the platforms do the work after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so coding was number six. <laughs> um, number five um, is e-commerce, um, which which is obviously huge. But in but the easiest ways to get starting is drop shipping and right. print on demand. Oh, we know some people that do that. Yeah. So those um, those concepts are you um, you have a product which you put on your website and you do the marketing for. Again, your your concentration is very much the marketing. Yeah, getting raising um, awareness of yeah. that. Whatever getting it, it sold um, and after that the drop shipping company or the print on demand um, and I'll, I'll explain the difference in a minute handle everything else mm-hmm. so they fulfill the order and they package the order they sell the send the order to your customer and and you don't have to do it they, they store everything so if you've got yeah. stock you know you're not paying for warehousing or anything like that because they they manage all of that process yeah um, so Amazon um, for example, you can sell on Amazon and you can sell your own products and um, package them and everything yourself, or you can sell your own products and use Amazon uh, fulfillment and they'll do it all for you, yeah. which is a, a drop shipping. So Amazon have fulfilled by Amazon, um, FBA, uh, which there, there are hundreds of courses out there that you can learn how to maximize Amazon. It is complicated. We've got our Say It video cards on Amazon and <laughs> we sold a card to Germany. It was our very first sale just <laughs> randomly and i've got german amazon chasing me for 
VAT documents and all this stuff that I was like, huh? So yeah. it, it is complicated. So I, I do. Advise. But it's worth it. Though, it because, absolutely. Um, yeah. like, we've got people uh, in that we know in business who who put their products onto the Amazon fulfillment stuff. Um, and they actually removed them because they couldn't keep up with demand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the so that's what you're doing is you're taking advantage of Amazon's just pure yeah. world dominance for traffic and audience and all this kind of stuff. So well, and there's yeah. loads out there as well. There's there's um, Orbello is a, is another one. Um, uh, all sorts of of. Uh, shops that you can uh, online shops that you can use so, that don't have to be Amazon. So so I understand it because because you're the one that's managed that before and I haven't mm -hmm. got too involved in it. So you literally like was you can actually have your product sent to Amazon, can't you? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So but that's fulfilled by Amazon FBA. Um, yeah. And so everything just arrives there. Yeah, and then so they, they box can, it they up. They warehouse it for you and they they do everything for you. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the services, but it's um as I say, it is something that you you should um definitely do a course on or seek expertise on because it is it is complex. Yeah. Um. So you you really kind of want to jump those learning curves yeah. by by getting some some help. But um, the great thing about th things like that is one of the ceilings for most small businesses is that or, or most people that want to start in business is the infrastructure required to get your business off the yeah, ground, exactly. right? So. Having staff to deliver the like the product, packaging, postage, storage, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And what Amazon allows you to do is literally sit in your living room and identify some products that you love and that you can talk passionately about and that you want to promote and get out there into the audience. And then just literally just order from over here, have them sent to Amazon, and they'll deal with all the yeah. distribution for you. And you don't have to worry about any of it. It's all you're focused on is how do I get more people to see the thing that I love? Yeah. Well, there's two ways of doing it. So um, there's two kind of different business models. Some people do both, but most kind of specialize in one or the other. So you're either kind of very data-driven, like you were saying about the um, the course people that just create courses and sell them that they're not necessarily experts in. So you, oh, well, when they're determining what products yeah. to buy. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's tons of software out there that will tell you what's like the next big thing in, yeah. in, um, in products. And oh, because we met a couple that did that yep. exact same thing, right? They yep. would literally identify... Yeah, the... like hose. I think one of their most successful products was like the tips of hoses or something. Yeah, and they them. would literally buy a lot of money's yep. worth of this product, have it sent to Amazon... Yep. And then, and they just as if like have it manufactured, sent, yeah. and delivered. Yeah, not even have it manufactured. They they just they're just buying it in. Oh, so right, it's already okay. a product. Oh wow! Yeah, no, it's, it's not something that they make. This is what yeah. I mean. There's two very different schools. So there's right. there's the ones where you go and just get a product that right. you know is 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 doing well. Um, as I say, that's it's not my area of expertise, so I don't know how they do that. But it's I know that there is lots of software and algorithms and things yeah. that you can. Um, pay monthly memberships to to help you work all this out. Yeah, they so, make good money. Yeah. In that so business, if you're yeah. if you're data driven, it's it's uh, it's a game really that they yeah. you know they, 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 that people like to play. Where so you, so you you find that kind of runaway those runaway products, order them in and they're just fulfilled by Amazon. So again, you're not kind of stocking anything. Um, or there's the other way where you've got a niche or a passion and you want to create something or sell something in particular yeah. and you go and either source that product or have it made if it's completely bespoke, you know, have it manufactured. But again, you don't need to store that. Amazon can fulfill yeah, it for I would, you. It's that whole thing of like, we're all, we've all heard the phrase supply and demand, right? So the, the second version is that you're trying to 
you've got some supply and you're trying to create some demand for what you're what you're doing and um, I would argue that that's harder if you can go to somewhere like Amazon and their data-driven version Mm -hmm. issue and identify what the demand is and then go off and find the supply and then put it through that process then the potential I mean it means that you're constantly almost you're constantly on the hunt. hunt it for depends. The next. They're two really different business models. So the the first one, the the, the kind of data driven one, you do have to be quite nerdy with numbers yeah, and, and into your spreadsheets. And... Yeah, and constantly analyzing stuff. And you also have to be quite ballsy because, from what I understand, mm-hmm. you need to bring in quite large quantities. Yeah. So you need to be putting in quite a bit of cash up front to get those things in, and and that's mm. a risk because that product might suddenly not be doing so well um so i so i think that that's that's one business model the other one is much more suited to the creative types yeah, that you. genuinely want to bring in something that they're passionate about i mean one example for um is a company called beard brand um, beard brand beard brand right. so this was all products for beards right okay um and um they but within a year they were making 100 grand a month Wow. And this is like beard oils, beard combs, wow. you know, all stuff for, for beards. Um, and that, that I don't think that was on Amazon. I think that was with um, Shopify, which right. is obviously another big platform that you can build your shop on. Okay. But again, Shopify provide fulfillment services. So they will, they will match you with uh, warehouses and stuff that will just do it all for you. So you okay. don't need to, to do it yourself. But yeah, so if you've got a, a niche, uh, you know, I, I can't remember the story behind Beard Brand, but whoever started that, had a, a, a realization that there wasn't the products he was looking for for yeah. his beard maintenance. Yeah. So um, I think he, I remember reading the article, he was like the winner of a beard competition or something. Oh, really? really? That's the thing. Really into his beard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was in Maine in America. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's uh, two ways of drop shipping. And then the print on demand that I mentioned is along the product side, like your niche creating something. Right. But it's even easier in that. If you just have a design rather than, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to reinvent the wheel in terms of you want to create a new, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something now. Um, Mug or a t-shirt or... Yeah, you, you don't want to create something completely different. You no. just want your design on it. Well, we know, yeah, so, so we know we know a couple that have a business that is a print on demand. Yes. Yeah. And they their passion is about very specific designs and the message behind those designs. Yeah. That's... That's what they're fundamentally like. Well, they actually do both. So they have the designs that they do print on demand. Right. But they also source uh, jewellery, don't yes. they, from yeah, Bali, yeah. which fits the dropshipping model. Yeah. So they, so. but they, they will have their T-shirt. They won't sit there physically making the T-shirts yeah, exactly. and things like that. They'll have a print on demand company to do that. And all they do is they do the artwork for those T-shirts. They've, they've identified that this company delivers the t-shirts at the right quality for what yeah. they want. And they and they literally send the designs to this company, print-on-demand company. And then as an order gets placed on their website, the message goes to the print-on-demand company. Yeah. This t-shirt, and the print-on-demand just prints off that t-shirt, yeah. sends it to the customer. And print-on-demand did actually start with t-shirts. That's where it yeah. started. But Was now, it Teespring or something Teespring like that? Teespring is one, yeah. But now, I mean, you can just print-on-demand so many things. Yeah. like. All sorts of clothing items, obviously, but bags, you know, uh, blankets, pillows, towels, yeah. mugs. Well, there's a, so for... Phone um, cases. Also yeah, so Patreon, which is a lot of YouTubers, for example, we use something like Patreon as um, as a way of asking the community that that YouTuber has to pay 
Yeah. To pay almost like a subscription for the yeah. channel, right? Yeah. For their YouTube channel. And, um, You're jumping, and, I'm coming to that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what I was, was going to say was that Patreon has a print-on-demand service. Oh, does it? Okay. So, as a, to, to, and where you can have a mug with that YouTube channel's thing on the mug and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And obviously, Patreon get a chunk for yeah. the cost of the product and a percentage. Yeah. And then the YouTuber gets a, a percentage as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, there's lots of, uh, I'll, I'll come to content creation, but there's lots of content creators that use print on demand as part of their revenue yeah, stream. Because there's no stock. There's no. no nothing. You just do the artwork, put put your links. Yeah. And then the rest of the fulfillment and, you've already and the got payments, a fan base done. that will buy that stuff from you because they're already listening to you on your, on your other things. Yeah. So um so that's drop shipping um and print on demand so e commerce. And um, flipping is uh the next thing. Um what number's that? Oh no, I've forgotten again. Six, five, four. What is it with your numbers? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, four. <laughs> four. Uh, flipping. So that is anything that you're kind of buying low and selling high. Um, okay. So that used to really only apply to property. People would buy a, a cheap rundown property yeah, and they'd yeah. do it up and sell it in. And all these kind of TV programs came off the back of that and watching yeah, people yeah, yeah. change their, change these properties that they bought and stuff. Um, and, um, but it now applies to loads of different things. Right. Uh, so um, obviously eBay is a huge one where people buy, where they sell their old stuff as well, but they also buy something cheap and then sell it sell it for higher. But with, with things like um, Etsy and like just like kind of unique um, websites like in, in the UK that's like not on the high street, that, yeah. that kind of stuff where um, you can find like, treasures and and resell them as, as other things so you're flipping these products so you're going to talk about the french stuff we stumbled across recently so we're um, no in... i know I, I wanted to talk about the uh one i found yesterday dumpster diving mama oh okay well let me do the french <laughs> one first and you go into dumpster diving so we stumbled said so we stumbled across something just recently so we're talking to you in southern france right now and um one one thing that we stumbled across was there was a a couple of people here that will literally go to say kind of your flea what would you markets. call it like your flea market type stuff right so it's basically where people have just had a house clearance they just want the stuff out of the house and it gets taken on by like a warehousing unit thing and then all the stuff goes in there and then people go along and buy it for dirt cheap right but especially in france there's these houses that have been around for hundreds of years mm -hmm. and there's items in these houses that are really old, right, and very traditionally French. So there's uh, communities here where people will literally just go into those shops and they'll buy a set of curtains, right, that might be 50 years old or 100 years old, yeah. old set of really heavy curtains. Yeah. They'll clean them up and they'll um, put them in a nice, like, packaging, take some great photos of it, put it on something like Etsy or something like that, and they might have purchased them for, I don't know, 10 euros or 20 euros in this, like, in one of these warehousing things. And they're selling them for hundreds yeah. on Etsy. Because, and to people, say, in America, who are who just want something that's very traditionally French, yeah. who's got some history. Well, and... again, I, I mean, it should be called the Authenticity Podcast because we right. mention it so much. But again, it's because it's an authentic product. Yeah. It's... And someone searched for that yeah. item and yeah. it's like, they're buying a piece of French history. Yeah. So you might think, well, that's a massive markup to spend 20, 20 euros on something and sell it for, say, $400. Yeah. That sounds ludicrous. But it's not. Because if you think about it, if someone was looking for 
like some traditional French curtains that were exactly the look they were looking for. The only way they could do that is to jump on a plane, go to France, yeah, yeah, yeah. do or, or pay someone to search for it for yeah. them. So they've solved the problem for that yeah. person, and that's why there's such a huge markup. So whatever country you're listening to this in, there will be things that are unique to your country that yeah. others outside of that well, might that's think what, I want um, that. That couple you mentioned, Henrietta and Elmer, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get on the podcast at some point, that's what they were doing in Bali. Yeah. They were finding genuine um, Bali um, artisans that were creating little pieces of jewellery or whatever it was yeah. and, and selling them because, again, it had a genuine... It was genuine. It yeah. was made by Balinese um, artists. Yeah, the magic's in the presentation, though. So don't think you can just take a widget and then just literally take a photo on your phone and then throw it up on Etsy. Yeah. It's like... There's the people that we've seen that have real success on that. I mean, really great success with it. It are people that literally take the time to take some great, like clean it up, put it in nice packaging. So it looks like something that you've bought from, I don't know, Tiffany's or something. Do you know what I mean? The the way it's all done and then presented. But um, yeah, it makes it look like it's worth $400 instead of 20 euros. It yeah, is to that person. Is. Yeah. So, yeah, and so, what's the dumpster one? So the dumpster diving mama, I loved this the other day. Is same same thing I was listening to when I heard the, the guy with the uh, car parking spaces. Um, there's, a, there's a woman that has a website, dumpsterdivingmama.com. Uh, she does literally call herself dumpster yeah, yeah, diving yeah, mama. In, in, um, in the States. Right. And she makes like 30, 40 grand a year, literally from dumpster finds, from bin finds. Um, and she, she, nice. she'll find like, um, you know, designer bags or like um i think she found a phone or a, a, a expensive watch and just right. just in in bins <laughs> that's crazy because what uh, is upcycling on uh, yes so upcycling is that's another that's a flipper yeah um, yeah because that's a that's another really important aspect where you can take a piece of, you love to upcycle but again it? it depends where you are because that's, that's what's quite interesting about the french story that you just told because um i used to really like upcycling as a just as a hobby so, so for but, nobody's heard what upcycling sorry, is what is it so back in back in the uk um i would take from a secondhand store a, a, a old table or something and mm-hmm. repaint it using um chalk paints um to give it like a new lease of life right um and i and it I, completely transforms them right yeah i mean i never did it to sell um yeah. i i just did it as a as a hobby it was something i enjoyed doing it was something that i found completely distressed me when i could just literally sit there painting something yeah. it was just something i enjoyed but um when we came here i i thought oh, wow france is just going to be full of all these yeah, beautiful old pieces of old furniture yeah. that i can paint um but it's actually really expensive yeah um the the older pieces of furniture really hold their value well the french from what we've learned so far is yeah. they don't like they, they if they've paid something for something that's what they expect back for it yeah. it doesn't matter whether <laughs> it's 20 years ago yeah, yeah. Sort of like more theme and stuff yeah, yeah. they want the same money they pay <laughs> they for it do. yeah but not with things like materials like in the yeah, other yeah. story that you were telling which is which is what i found quite interesting when i yeah. when i discovered that recently um but yeah when it comes to furniture so it does depend where you are because i could quite easily probably not in Corona at the moment, but or not me because I've got too much going on with all this stuff. But somebody could buy furniture in England, upcycle it, and sell it in France yeah. for quite a lot. I would have thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's so much cheaper in England because the secondhand market there works differently. Yeah, and there's a whole like I'd never heard of upcycling until you got into it, and then and it's weird how these things come about. But 
you don't realise how large the communities no, are that are involved like in it. there's like people in the group that I was in. That's, that in one Facebook group. Yeah. yeah, it's a massive community. And so if, if that's something where, that kind of taps into your creative space, where you like the idea of that, look at, look at those. And it's very inspiring. You used to constantly see pieces being put up and you'd be like, wow, that looks beautiful. And yeah. that's the thing. If you have that reaction, so will the person that wants to buy it off yeah. you. You know, it's like... It's well, and it's about spotting opportunities as well, because that group that I was in was with 100,000, or still am in, with the over 100,000 members, that was a paint group. Right. It was based on the, the paint, not Going. not the actual... Obviously, it was all people that were upcycling and that were in it, but it was set up by the paint company that created right. this group. Um, and that paint company was just a woman that liked doing what I did, um, but she found that all the paints that she was using were toxic. Gotcha. So she'd always have to be doing it outside or make sure her children weren't around. And she, she didn't like using these toxic paints, so she created paints that weren't toxic. So, What's the name of the group? Can you remember? Um, that, that one was the French Chic Company. Okay. Um, but there's, there's others like Annie Sloan and um, lots of um, kind of chalk-based chalk yeah. paints, which are non-toxic. Um, but yeah, the, in fact, both companies were set up for, for that reason, that okay. they just wanted to meet a need. Yeah. Um, that, and a lot of products and services do come from that. People looking for something themselves that they can't find a solution for, so they create yeah. it, which yeah. is what we did with Sayer. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's always kind of keep your eyes open for, for that kind of thing as well. What so, number? Oh, and just one more thing on flipping it. Websites oh. is also another one that's very popular nowadays. Oh, okay. If you can create yeah. a website or even a social media account that has a following, um, I've started to see it with groups, Facebook groups. If you can create a group with a following, you can sell that for higher values. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah, very much. So, yeah, there's a, um, we know of several people that literally are just on the hunt for websites that have traffic. Yeah. And um, because or they're buying. Or a decent domain name. Or a decent domain name, yeah. And they just, and that's how they, they just trade websites yeah. for, because it's hard getting momentum. It's hard getting a Facebook group. Yeah. It's hard. It takes time. So people rather than rather than spend that time, will just hand over cash. Yeah. Um. To to just leapfrog that process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So flipper. dot com is a good website to look at. Um. Starting out and flipping different things. Uh, well, I think they're mainly websites actually. Cool. So what number are we on now? <laughs> number three. Um. Freelancing. So loads of what we've already mentioned you can do as a freelancer right. um so you're you know any kind of writing uh, the video based skills coding and uh, teaching consultancy all of that kind of stuff you can you can do as a as a freelancer um now what i would advise with freelancing is that there's hundreds of uh, that billions <laughs> of freelancers out there um so trying having a unique skill will yeah. be your best way of kind of coming in um at a good rate successfully quickly yeah, and just identify like where could you add value? What yeah. pain are you trying to solve? So we've been asked on a number of occasions over the years, and we do still now, um, but I support companies now that have basically come to us and said, we've got this pain in the business, and whether it be to do with marketing, infrastructure, whatever it might be, um, and I don't know how to solve it. And so we're effectively paid to come in and try and, create solutions just yeah. purely because we've gone through that pain ourselves yeah, exactly. at some point in the past well franchising as well like yeah. loads of people often come to us and say how, how do you create a franchise how did you yeah. build your franchise um which you know might be something that we look at helping people with more in the future yeah but you, and the thing is there there will if if freelancing kind of or consultancy or anything like that is kind of dinging a bell in your mind it's more than likely because at some point in the past 
somebody has come to you and asked for your advice on how to do something. Yeah. And so it's like, well, how can you expand on that? And and sometimes people get have a real challenge in terms of, well, what would I charge my time out for for doing that? The the thing you the way you've got to think about it is, what's the opportunity cost of giving away your time to that that person, that company, or whatever it is? If you just say, okay, my time my time is just dedicated for you, just to solve your problem, because all the time you're focused on solving your their problem, you're not doing anything more for yourself. Mm. You're not doing anything more for anybody else, right? You are allocating that time, and that's how we approach it. It's like when we've been approached and uh, and, and the work we do with um, other companies at the moment. When we are approached, it's a case of okay. Well, hang on a second. I I cannot give you I cannot give you this time at any less than this mm. because the opportunity cost is too great. Well, there's different ways you can price it. You can either price your services as hourly um, yeah. or project based. Yeah, uh, or so results based. Or results based. Yeah. Um, and I'd I'd always suggest that results based is the is the easier way to sell. Because yeah, for sure. See what they're getting straight from the. From the well, and, it's, and that adds to your credibility, right? It's um, too many people on a consultancy stroke, in my mind anyway, and this is just my opinion, so there, there may be others that completely disagree with me. But from my view, there's too many people that charge per buy time and they think that's more than acceptable. But in my view, that only works as a paying company if you know exactly what that person's doing every hour yeah. and you have the expertise to understand what it is they're doing and every how long hour. it should take that they're not like dragging it out or whatever yeah exactly whereas if it's result it's like okay i don't care whether it takes you an hour if it takes you 100 hours yeah. like if this is where we want to be yeah. at the end of this and i'm paying you to, and how much is it going to cost me to get there exactly that to me is, i don't know if that's because we come from running our own businesses ourselves, yeah. that's the way we approach it. But that's it. who your customer is, most people running their own businesses. Exactly. So, yeah, it makes a, it makes a lot more sense to me to do things because then there's no ambiguity and you're not left in the dark. And, and even as the freelancer, you're not either because you've got an idea of how long that's going to take you to, yeah. to do X, Y, or Z. So, um, yeah, you can use uh, things like FlexJobs, Upwork, Fiverr um, to find any kind of freelancing work. Um platforms like flex jobs also um that that one is a some of them are free and some of them aren't flex jobs isn't you pay a monthly fee but but they do vet the the people that are um putting the jobs up there in the first place so you yeah. haven't got any like please work for one p an hour which yeah. you, you sometimes get on some of these well and with those sites you're paying the reason why you're being you're wanting to be on those sites is so that you're getting the benefit of the traffic that they receive of people looking for yeah people so it's worth the investment yeah absolutely um and um also linkedin for freelancing is actually really good and if you're in the states linkedin does have a jobs platform as well unfortunately it's not in the rest of the world yet but um but it's it's from what i've heard is is a very good way to find freelancing work cool and number two (laughs) digital marketing um (laughs) specifically paid advertising so um if you can um pay if you can have a good AdWords strategy or any kind of paid social, so Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, Instagram ads, Twitter ads. If you know how to operate these platforms, it's a very highly in-demand service oh, because yeah, huge. going back to results brace, you can really show someone, you know, you put this, if you're good at what you do, you put this in the top of the funnel, I'll deliver you this at, at the end of the funnel. And, yeah. and that's um, invaluable for lots of people because the, the platforms change so much um, all of the social channels and Google are constantly trying to kind of 
glean more from their advertising um, people. and Yeah, the algorithms exactly. regularly change. Yeah. And if you're not keeping up to date, yeah. then it's a massive problem. So it really is something that an expert needs to be brought in. Um, well, and it also ties into your other, like all, all the other the, uh, items that we've mentioned. If, if you can identify like how to advertise on play, on platforms like AdWords and so on. Not only is that a skill that you can, you're a gun for hire for businesses, mm. but you can also, if you create a course, um, I've seen, going back to the Udemy stuff, I've seen people create AdWords campaigns. Like, so they've created the course, they've put it on Udemy, yeah. and then they've created an AdWords campaign yeah. where they, to drive traffic to the Udemy course yeah. to yeah. help sell more of their courses and yeah. raise the profile of their course. Well, and people that just do, uh, their whole business model is on teaching other people how to do it. I yeah. mean, Claire, Claire Jarrett, she's... Yes. So a very successful company teaching people how to do AdWords. Not just to do AdWords, but to be AdWords experts. Yeah. So that was kind of like another level. Yeah, and the great thing about those types of roles, if you are if if you are passionate at all about digital marketing in any way, shape or form, and you want to like kind of carve yourself out a niche in I don't know, Facebook marketing or or AdWords or whatever it might be, um businesses will keep you on as a retainer. Yeah. Because the thing is, with all of those strategies, they're not, uh, oh, I've come in, I've built it, and I walk away and it's done. Yeah. Like, that you have to, you have, you're an, you effectively become an, an integral part of that, that company's marketing strategy. Yeah. Because you're supposed, you've got to keep it optimized every month. month yeah, the moment month. it stops, the, the work disappears. Exactly. And you can create the world's best AdWords campaign in the world today, but you might not know it for three months. Yeah. Because it takes Google a while to pick up. It takes a while for the budgets all to kick in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that, that that's a really good one to... And, and it's something that you can learn quite quickly as well. If it's if you have no experience in that and you're thinking, well, that sounds interesting, but I don't know where to start. You know, do do a course um, oh, on one so of So many things. courses online about it as well. There is. I mean, do do, do your research as to obviously what's what's a good course. But um, if you if you you can learn that pretty quickly, um, get your experience on a couple of kind of lower paid uh, first jobs, and then the sky's the limit. Really, yeah. You can. It's a business that you can grow really fast. Well, and also you can. Um... That you don't even need to pay a lot of the time for the learning on on a lot of these platforms because there's so many YouTube videos mm. of people that's just created content about this is how you put tag manager here this is how you do and if it's something that you're interested in you'll go down that rabbit hole and learn a lot yeah. in a short space of time yeah the the only thing I would say is um, the courses do give more of a strategy yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas you can get a little bit lost in some of those True. because there is so much information out there True um, and the last one number one number one. <laughs> is uh, content creation. Um, so by that, that can mean lots of different things in terms of it can mean a blog, it can mean a YouTube channel, it can mean um, an Instagram account. Right. Uh, you're creating content, but it also can be done in, in different ways. So you could be creating content for other people. Right. Uh, so for a brand or um, a, a business or a product or whatever it is, or a person, a celebrity or whatever, you, you can be their content manager. Right. Or you could be creating your own content. Okay. Um, so, so that and sometimes people do both as okay. well. Uh, so, for example, when we were travelling and we did some work for the the Balinese place that we stayed. Oh, I see your point. Yes, we were creating content for that Balinese place, but at the same time, we were creating our own content for our travelling. Yeah. And um, so there's there's different ways that you can do it, and the most successful con- content creators do cross over, and yeah. um, so that their so that their content that creating, if they, for example, they've got 
a drone camera and right. you know one of the contents they create is overheads for um for hotel chains or something yeah. like that yeah uh, they're repurposing that content by using it for their own channels which yeah. they may then get advertising for um you know they might get sponsored by the the drone company themselves yeah. or whatever it is so you can repurpose that well it's the whole principle was why influencers have come about yeah like that's that new phenomenon that's come about that social media uh, influence yeah has come about because most people out there most Individuals and companies can't think of what content to write exactly, on a daily yeah, basis, yeah. but but you have to. You have to put content out there all the time. So it's way easier just to pay some cash yeah. to somebody. And on when we were traveling around the planet uh, for 18 months, some of those deals that we were getting were just off the back of somebody had seen our Instagram account yeah. and they were like, love what you do. Um, how can we get you to us? And what, I still what's get them the deal? now. I got yeah. one yesterday. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was um, a uh, timeshare place in somewhere in the states um, that were offering us to come and stay with them to create some content for their, yeah. their timeshare, and, and we haven't done anything with that for best part of a year now. No, exactly, so, and it's a pain. It's a real pain for companies trying to establish. Well, how do we? We've we've said we're awesome a hundred times already, and nobody's yeah. listening. But so again, how else can it, it we com- do it? comes back to the authenticity. Um, people don't resonate with brand content. Yeah. They don't want you saying, "Look, aren't we brilliant?" They want someone yeah. else saying it. Yeah, that, that's what. What they was that to. travel couple that just? That's basically what they did, and they ended up with this huge uh, account, and all they did is just create content for the other family, companies. Family, yeah, bucketless family. Bucketless family. Yeah. So there's there's an Instagram account called the Bucketless Family. I think they created a YouTube channel as well and everything, and they they just set themselves out to just create. Com- they wanted to travel the planet, and they knew that companies wanted content. So they yeah. just literally would just pitch to companies constantly. They set themselves up a media pack. They'd send it off to. They go, oh, where would we want to stay? And they they'd send off a media pack to these companies and say, look, this is us. This is what we do. We'll create. If you let us stay with you for a week. We yeah. do a deal. We'll create content for you on YouTube and Instagram and all these things. And then, um, but this is the trade-off. And they yeah. kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. In the end, they had Disney go say to them, reach out and say, oh, we'll pay you a chunk of change. Plus, we'll give you free reign of free, like VIP access to the whole parks if you talk about us on your channel. Days. 30 days. They were, they were in a different hotel room or like themed area or whatever it is in Disney every day for 30 days. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so if you think about it, you might be thinking, well, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be traveling around the world anytime soon. It doesn't matter. Like find something that you are reasonably interested in and start building some content around yeah. it and then identify companies that are in that niche that need content yeah. because they will, uh, they'll pay you for it. Because if you, if you think about it logically, right, if they were going to pay a member of staff to sit in their office to do the job that you're offering to do for yeah. them, they'd have to pay way more well, per also, month again, and have way more hassle. Well, also, be authentic. Yes. Because it's not that member of staff genuinely using it. Yeah. It's, it. They want people that are out there genuinely using it. So, yeah. I mean, when we worked with the Balinese company, you know, the first thing we did when we got there was like, what are the things we can do? You know, yeah. what, what as in what do you what experiences do you normally offer to your, um, you know, people staying with you, your visitors, so we can do these things to promote them. Exactly. You know, and and it was and it's such a wonderful experience for at like in terms of feeling like you, everyone's getting a huge amount of value out of the experience yeah. because they wanted to give us a great experience. Yeah. 
because they wanted us to talk about what a great experience yeah. they're having, yeah. we're having. And it just became this cyclical relationship where everybody just really valued each other yeah. in that. And um, yeah, content creation is a great one because it doesn't necessarily need to be tied to an Instagram account. In fact, the broader you can become on understanding Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, blogs, and all this kind of stuff, the broader you can connect all of those channels, yeah. the more money you can charge and the more value you appear to be to that particular company. Well, right? it's, um, it's not just even those channels. You can, if, you're, if you're good at photography or videography, you can sell them as stock photos and video, oh, yeah. um, stock video. Um, you mentioned Patreon earlier, which pay mm-hmm. um, for content, don't they? Yeah. As in, um, no, sorry, your viewers pay you, depending... Can you explain Patreon? So they pay, they effectively create a subscription to your service. Right, to see yeah. more of your to your stuff. YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's loads of different ways that you can monetize your content if, if you're if you're um, good at content. And yeah. and it's a really creative thing to do. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of the, almost like the equivalent of the modern day painter because you're, you're oh, creating this whole um, kind of world for yourself. Yeah, um, and I mean, and it doesn't have to be visual either. It can be... That we're doing now with a podcast, yeah. right? So, because advertisers eventually with your podcast will approach you and say, yeah. "Can you talk about me, please?" And or it can be written with your blog. Yes, yeah, you know, there's there's loads and loads of ways. Or even um with um musicians. Yeah, that's another way musicians are making money nowadays is is by selling their work yeah. online. Yeah, and not as an album, as a you know they've been booked by a record label, but just this particular piece of music that, that yeah. can be put within a song or this yeah. particular song or these lyrics or whatever yeah. it is they, there's so many different ways or a jingle for a, an advert or whatever it is so there's, there's lots of ways that you can you can sell content um, I think the thing is though if you are going to I mean we love the idea of the I see why you put it as number one because one of the things that if you've listened to any of the other podcasts or episodes or um, seen in any other YouTube channels one of the things that we talk about a lot when it comes to marketing and business and things like that is having a holistic approach mm-hmm. and making sure everything knits together yeah. um, because then it's optimised yeah. it's the mistake a lot of people make is they, they kind of go oh I like blogging and that's all they do Yes. and then they wonder why they're not getting any traction yeah. it's like you have to have a really kind of broad stroke approach yeah. to, and a schedule that you keep stepping up each time and it goes to every aspect. well that was what I was actually going to finish with and it's, it's something that I mentioned in my um, my online Thrive Online course that I did was that don't ever try and so just... what's the Thrive Online course sorry this is your it's, it's a course I wrote back in uh, early in the kind of corona crisis because yeah. obviously our, our main business was very quiet because it's an event we hadn't thought of say it yet and so I was just like how do I help what do I do and I created a a course of online income because I thought it would be really useful for people it was actually basically originally I'd created a travel course hadn't I yeah but obviously everyone stopped traveling Um, and a big element of that travel course was online income because people would often say to us how do you make money online so I I just took that and expanded it basically so we'll put the link to thrive online if any of you have listened to this podcast and you're interested in learning more about making money online yeah. you've already created some content around that yeah and we'll put the link on this on the podcast exactly so in thrive online one of one of the things i um talk about is that it's a four-part course and, and, the, and the fourth part is integrating different revenue streams right because lots of people kind of run headlong at one 
and then and you're putting all your eggs in one basket you yeah. know if, if that and especially if you're using social channels um because you don't own any of that content no so it well, sorry you own the content but you don't own the platform so if yeah. facebook just decided to close shop one day and you've got a group of like twenty five thousand people that you've built up yeah it's all gone or just close your group or close your youtube <laughs> yeah, channel yeah, close or close your, any, absolutely. any of your well, stuff well we know plenty of people that have lost their instagram accounts for no reason yeah they've done nothing overnight wrong because the algorithms just got overzealous well and also don't underestimate how hard it is to get any traction yeah. right so if you are it's really hard to build an audience so one of the one of the things that we do this podcast is a daily podcast we step yeah. up every single day um alongside all our other commitments with business with say it and smiley booth yeah. and our the consultancy work we do and stuff it's it's a challenge yeah. and, and you have to give it a lot of time and if you are just focused on one channel yeah. for content creation like oh i want to be a youtuber you're nuts yeah. you've got to you've got to look at it broadly because you've got way more chance of building an audience yeah exactly i mean and, and that might be your your uh, top priority is the, is the youtube channel but you can build in lots of things that will help you earn an income before that kind of kicks yeah. in because it takes a while for a youtube channel to build Months so, and months and months. Yeah. Years in some cases. Yeah. So, um, you know, build in your affiliate links and become an affiliate mm -hmm. salesperson so that you're, you're, you're getting money that way. Um, sell some of the content you create for your yeah. YouTube channel to other things. Have a print-on-demand so that you're selling your own, I don't know, notebooks or yeah. something that, that's associated with it. You know, have these different income streams because yeah. it is so much easier to make multiple income streams work than yeah. it is to get one single channel um, you know, earning the money that you want it to. Yeah, exactly. And do it and make sure the other thing with content uh, creation is make sure it's something that you are interested and passionate about yeah. because it does require you to keep stepping up for a long period of time. I saw somebody say uh, yesterday, they said, you are shouting into the void for a long time. And you really are. Do yeah, you, like, yeah. um, until the algorithms pick start picking you up what on whatever platform... You're, nobody sees you well and your passion comes across as well yeah. that, that's how you build an audience you can't talk about something <laughs> until the cows come home that you're not interested in that exactly. you're not passionate about um, you know your content will dry up very quickly <laughs> yeah so we'll make sure the thrive online thing that you've created is a link it yeah. kind of and that marries with everything we've said on this episode <laughs> yeah. um, and then if that's helped people then great in terms of looking at other income revenue yeah income revenue income sources Income generation. Just keep throwing words <laughs> and hope they stick. Yeah. So tomorrow we'll be talking about money management. Yes. Oh, money. Yes. Before we see Siam on Thursday. On Thursday, yeah. Cool. <laughs> right. Have a good day all. Bye.